Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I pray you are empowered to walk in the fullness of your God design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. Session five, setting your goals. Setting your goals. Okay, so it's important that we're intentional. So now we have, we've defined the vision, now we need to have a plan to accomplish the vision. So we've gone from purpose, what's in my heart, to what does that look like, what is my vision, to what am I gonna do with it? How do I put together a plan? In Luke 14, it says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation, you're not able to finish it. Everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person has began to build, but was unable to finish it. I love, uh, there are so many different passages in Scripture that talk about making sure we fulfill a vow that when we speak, do not speak hastily before the Lord. Um, In Ecclesiastes, it talks about, for a dream comes through many activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. For it's better not to vow than to vow and not to pay. Simply put, if you speak it, if you say you're going to do it, follow through on it. I tell people all the time, there are a lot of people in the kingdom who have faith, but there are very few who are faithful. And there is a difference between having faith and being faithful. Okay? So we want to be intentional. What's the first step to being intentional? Write your goals down. Write them down. Let me tell you some of the beautiful things about writing your goal down. Writing down your goals helps clarify and clearly define what, when, how. It eliminates the wiggle room and will cause you to be more intentional. And, and that's the whole next section is what, how do we create really specific goals, okay? It helps you predetermine what you have decided to do in advance. Okay, so it eliminates opportunity for emotion, it, op- it eliminates distractions, it, op- it eliminates circumstances that come in. Um, Tammy, you just said, I predetermined this was my goal, was to be here, and, and there was all kinds of opportunity for you not to come today. Kids woke up with the flu, so and so, and she was like, no, no darn it, I'm going. Because she had predetermined, I've already predetermined what I've decided to do tomorrow morning. That's called taking authority over your own life and navigating life instead of being navigated by life. Okay? So writing down our goals is very, very important. The other beautiful thing about writing your goals down is you can see what you've accomplished. It manifests your progress and it gives you opportunity for celebration. We need to celebrate ourselves. It doesn't matter how little it is. Celebrate. Yes, I went through my sock drawer today. Done. Because, again, how many of you know the enemy wants us to go to bed every night feeling unsatisfied, unproductive, like we didn't get anything done? Well, when you have your goals written down and you can make a check mark, you can be like, nope, I got this done. It manifests and gives opportunity. My husband and I, our word for 2019 is the word design. And our kind of our tagline is we want to design the life we want to live. So we're designing the life we want to live. Be intentional to ensure that you are navigating your life, not being navigated by life. Make sure that every choice you make is intentional because every choice you make is either a liability or it is an asset to your purpose, to what's in your heart. 
And remember the Bible says, above all else, guard your heart. Okay, I could go down a whole section here on boundaries that we need to learn to set. Boundaries we need to learn to set. But I want you to turn with me to your tolerances worksheet. So it says, what are your tolerances? And we are going to take about five minutes for you guys to fill this out. What it says is one of the things that causes stress and anxiety is the feeling that we have no control in our lives. When we tolerate things that go against our design and the design for our days, and remember, we're designing our days now. We often find ourselves frustrated, exhausted, discouraged, and feeling overtaken or defeated. So the first step to overcoming these tolerances is to identify them. What is it that you're tolerating in your life? So there's a list there, opportunity for you to make a list of five things. Then you're going to consider how your life would be different if you didn't have these tolerances. How would you summarize the difference in one sentence, okay? Is your summary sentence truer to who you really are and your design for life really than what you're doing now? You follow? This is all written down here. To squelch the lie that you have no control and to take ownership back over these areas, think about boundaries that you can set that will begin to remove these tolerances. Be sure to come up with at least one boundary for each one that you listed above. Okay, so let me give you an example. When I did my tolerances worksheet about a year ago is the last time I did it. I probably need to do it again. Um, but what I realized was I tolerated interruption. Just continual interruption at work, at home, with my husband, the phone my phone interrupting, my thought process, my quiet time, that I always tolerated interruption. And so I started thinking about how much more productive and how much less frustrated and how much less scattered my thought process would be if it weren't for interruptions. And so the next step is to say, okay, what boundaries can I begin to set? Okay, Kyler, if my door is shut, what does that mean in the office? That's right, I'm not taking interruptions. Don't knock, don't, don't ring me, don't come in, don't anything. If my door is open, what does that mean? You're welcome to come in. Welcome to come in. But I never did that before because I felt like as the leader of the organization, I need to be accessible, I need to be available, to the point where I was squelching and crushing my own design. And I was having my intention for the day stolen from me, okay, because by whatever. Does that make sense? One of the things I discovered was um, my, my children don't seem to understand that when I have my phone to my ear, that I may be engaged in a different conversation and they just talk to me when I'm on the phone. And so I had to first discover that, then communicate with them, hey guys, when I'm on the phone, a lot of times I know in the past, and guess what, I trained them that way. Okay, so I'm gonna take ownership there. I trained them by basically saying, oh, can you hold on for a minute? What's that, what, what honey? Right? So I trained them to interrupt me. So I had to put a boundary up there. So it's just an example of, of a tolerance. I was tolerating interruption. Identifying these tolerance and then really taking the time to write them down, do you feel empowered by just having that not, because the enemy wants us to stay to a place where we're just confused and we don't know what our problem is. And there's something beautiful about being able to define and go, aha, this is why I ended up so frustrated today. I just had one interruption after another. My whole day was stolen from me, right? There should be an empowering 
process that takes place when we begin to identify here are the areas where I, because tolerance will make us feel like we're victims. You feel victimized by lack of worth. She feels victimized by fear and you feel victimized by midlife. You know, and so we, instead of realizing we're the head and not the tail. We've talked a little bit about tolerances. We've talked a little bit about being intentional and why it's important that we set goals. Now let's talk about accomplishing our goals. Because how many of you know, how many of you know that the majority of America probably set a New Year's Eve resolution, right? How many of you know by now most of them have probably not accomplished or they've already broken it, right? So. It's interesting how in 2018, actually, the top trending hashtag in January was hashtag resolution fail. <laughs> because so many people had failed their resolution. So what I'm saying is most of us nowadays don't necessarily have a problem setting goals. Some of us do. Some of us aren't intentional, set goals, write down goals, all, this, all that stuff. But the majority of us who do set goals, our biggest challenge is in what? accomplishing the goal, being successful. And then we stop setting them because it's like, well, they're just futile anyways. I just feel like a, a failure. Nobody wants to hang out in a failure box. I don't care if you're male or female. So we do often struggle with keeping our goals. We set goals, but too often we don't accomplish them. We shoot out of the gates with all kinds of excitement and momentum, but somewhere along the line we get derailed and we, don't, and we get frustrated and we quit. All of us have the intention when we write a goal of accomplishing it, do we not? So what happens from the setting of the goal to the accomplishing of the goal? I believe, um, and, and I will tell you, I, I, that's part of what I do as a life coach. That's part of the reason why I have a life coach. Because I have a sense of urgency now, okay? I said to him when I met with him last week, I really want to start my next book by the next time we met. Well, guess what? With my personality, there ain't no way I'm not gonna have that book started. I started it that night. Because it created a sense of urgency by not just setting a goal, but by communicating a goal and holding myself accountable to the goal, okay? And so that's part of what we do. The problem is we often don't connect our goals to our purposes. So sometimes it's the goals we're setting. They're not connected to our purpose and they're dumb goals. Sometimes we set goals because that's what the world tells us the goal we should have, okay? Um, there are some people who don't need to set goals of exercise and dieting, but there are some people who do. There are some people who need to be setting financial goals. There are some people, you know, and so you have to set goals that are fit to who you are, your purpose, and what season you're in. So sometimes we just don't accomplish our goals because they're not goals that we need to be setting, okay? But more often than not, um, we, our goals are not directly connected. They're not good goals in that we haven't connected it to our purpose. We don't know why. Why am I doing this? That's why I said I asked that question. When I give somebody an assignment, I'll say, tell me why you're doing this. Tell me why you think it's important that you X, Y, Z. And I want to hear them say, well, I think it's important because I communicated with you that I'm struggling with fear. And so by doing this assignment, it will help me overcome. I want them to know why. Okay, so that's the first thing. And so what, what we need to do is say, what is the purpose behind this goal? Okay, and how will it help me move towards my vision? So let's take a look at, for a moment about achievement goals versus habit goals. Okay, achievement goals are one-time 
Okay, I'm gonna write a book, that's an achievement goal. But I have to set some habit goals to achieve that goal. So your habit goals are your building blocks to your achievement goals, okay? So a lot of times, and again, this is a lot of times why we don't accomplish our goals. We set achievement goals, but then we don't set what am, what do, what am I doing to accomplish that goal. We don't set the habit goals that we need to have in order to accomplish that achievement goal. Is that making sense to you? So we're really good at setting these by the end of the year 2019. That's why that question, what has to have happened in order for me to become that person, is so important. Because that's where I'm gonna develop my habit goals. What do I need to be doing on a regular basis? Um, we had this example in our staff meeting. Liz communicated that her and her team had set an achievement goal. She didn't use achievement, say, say the word, but she said we set some goals that we wanna have you know, this much amount of sponsorship and this many participation, and so I said, what actions have you put in place to create momentum to achieve that goal? What I was asking her is, what's your action? What are your habit goals that you guys have set? You have from, and so now what I would, what I would say is, okay, we have 12 weeks to that goal. Let's break it down into weekly and daily goals, okay? I have a plan that has um, a yearly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals, and then every day it's broken into to-dos. And at the top it has this, you know, so like my top is always read and meditate in scripture, uh, read 15 to 20 minutes, write for 30 minutes. Okay, that's like no-brainer habit goals for me, okay? The other is I, I work out five days a week. I always have, I just always probably will because it's a part of who I am, 20 to 30 minutes or more. If I only work out 20 minutes, I'm happy with that because it's a healthy goal. It's not a, an obsessive goal. I don't do it for a, you know, it's not because I in, in necessarily enjoy it. It's just a good health goal. Um, and so there are particular habit goals that I have done now for years, years and years and years. But some of those change occasionally. So, for example, if I know I'm in a year where I'm writing a book, I might not be reading as many books for several reasons. Time. Two, influence. I don't want to be influenced by what I'm reading. I want to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. So some of those might shift a little bit based on what my, so some of my habit goals may shift depending on what my achievement goals are for that year. So you understand how the habit goals are the building blocks to your achievement goals. You follow all that? So a lot of us, when we set goals, there are these big achievement goals. I want to lose 100 pounds in the year 2019. Good luck with that. I mean, how many of you know we're all going to fail at that, right? Unless I said, well, what does that look like? What has to have happened for me to achieve that goal? But the first thing I'm going to say is, is that a viable, realistic goal? Well, for most of us in this room, it's not a realistic goal that we would lose 100 pounds. None of us are 100 pounds overweight. And so, <laughs> well, you don't look it. Okay, so second reason why we don't accomplish our goals is we don't connect with our goals emotionally. Okay, so most of us, I want you to write, I think I wrote this on your thing, head plus your heart equals your habit. So when we're looking at our habit goals, a lot of times we connect with them intellectually. We set a habit goal because it makes sense. This is what I'm supposed to do. Intellectually, if I want to read, if I want to write a 20 page whatever in the next 20 days, I need to write one, pa one page per day. Right, so we set goals, habit goals, a lot of times intellectually, we connect with them with our head because they make sense. 
or they just practically work out this is what needs to happen in order for me to accomplish this. Well, what, what I think we oftentimes miss out is we don't connect with our goals with our heart, emotionally, saying, in advance, how will I feel when I accomplish this goal? So if you remember, I used the example with Brad and saying, let's remember, how, will you, how did you feel today when you got finished working out? And I want you to think with me for a moment. I want you to visualize yourself in the morning after your workout is over and tell me how you feel about having it accomplished. So I'm having him connect emotionally with that goal and saying it's not just because uh, who we are to become is our God design. And I personally think to not come into the fullness of your God design is a it's apathy. You're squelching who God has called you to be, and some assignment in the kingdom is now being squelched because you're not coming into your fullness of your God, your God design. That's why it's so important, above all else, we guard our heart, and we cultivate it, because out of it comes the wellspring of life. For out of it flows the fullness of who you've been called to be. So the scripture says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And part of our accomplishing our goals is I'm loving God. I'm living a life pleasing unto the Lord, a pleasing sacrifice, not just intellectually am I setting these goals, but with my heart. I'm excited about these goals. And here's how I'm going to feel emotionally. So we need to connect. And so I call that head plus your heart equals your habits. And a lot of times we try to create habits with our head. But we need to connect with them emotionally as well. How will we feel? Why is it important? What's in my heart that makes me want to set this habit? Okay, so we're not just connecting it with our vision, but we're also connecting it with our purpose. Our head plus our heart. Is that making sense to you all? Okay. So a lot of these are, um, and y'all don't make this stuff up. I mean, just Google. You, you've all heard, a lot of you have heard of SMART goals. A lot of you have heard of SMARTER goals. There's lots of, you know, there's John Max, Maxwell. There's Michael Hyatt. All kinds of people out there that talk a lot about goal setting or whatever. So uh, I'm not making this stuff up. It's just good stuff. Um, if there's already really good stuff out there, I'm going to use it. Um, so let's talk for a minute about the kinds of goals that we set. Now, I like the acronym SMARTER, okay? Um, and here's why I really like the E and the R that's added. So let's start with S means specific. So when I'm setting a goal, now we're talking about, this is part of his setting those habit goals where they're very specific <coughs> with a purpose. The purpose is accomplishing that vision in mind. So specific, you can clearly, you can state clearly the goal. This does not mean more, doesn't mean I'm going to write more. So specific does not mean more. It actually means more focused and more narrow. And a lot of times more specific means less. Okay? So I might say, I want you to communicate in five words or less specifically what you intend to do in one statement. Okay? So I want it to be super specific. It's your bullseye. So for example, if I say my goal is to read more books in 2019, is that specific? No, it is not specific. I might make it even more specific to say my goal is to read 25 books in 2019. 
Okay, then I'm gonna go on to say I wanna make it measurable. Now measurable is I can measure it achievement-wise by the end, but I also want to set a, I want to measure my progress. I wanna make it measurable enough that I can say, am I on track to accomplish my goal? So I might say, instead of just saying I wanna read 20, I'll say 24, 24 books in 2019, I might say I wanna read two books a month. Okay, now I can, I can measure my progress against my achievement goal. Are you following? So I'm going through these kind of quick. So we want, when we set a goal, we want it to be specific and we want it to be measurable. May I've included a way to measure my progress as well as my achievement. Okay, your A is achievable or attainable and I also say in there actionable. Okay, so your A means I can do it, and it only depends upon me. And it is a verb in it. So I might say, it, it, it's gonna have a, a verb in it like basically saying, uh, okay, so again, a broad goal is gonna be, um, I am gonna lose 100 pounds in 2019. Well, that's not an actionable goal. An actionable goal is to work out every day, 20 minutes a day. So I have a verb in it. So think verb when you're thinking I, it's something I can do and I'm going to do. It's actionable and attainable. And it only depends on you. It only depends on you. Okay, your R is relevant. Remember I talked about how a lot of times we set goals that aren't relevant to who we are. They're not relevant to the season that we're in. So, Relevant, if, does your goal fit who you are, where you are in any particular season? They are important to you and they are connected to your purpose and passions. So relevant goals. So that means I may set different kinds of goals than somebody else in this room sets because I'm on a different track. Okay, the T is Time keyed or timetabled or timeable, meaning it has a deadline. Okay, so this is where we're kind of combining in there that achievement side. This creates a sense of urgency and it is important. A lot of times people will just set a goal. And so <laughs> this is often the question that my staff does not like or my clients do not like when they say this is what I'm gonna do and this is what I need to do and I will say when can I count on you having that done? Because <laughs> guess what I just did? I just called them on the carpet and I created a sense of urgency and they know now there's accountability. And we need to do that for ourselves. When, I can, when can I count on having that done? My goal is to write two books in 2019. When do you think I need to have the first one done? June, yeah, <laughs> June. So I know that it's, I want it to be X amount of pages, so I know I need to be writing X amount of pages per, I mean, I have it broken down, so I can measure my progress. Am I on track? Now, let me say this, because we wanna leave, and I say when we, I didn't put this in here. When we set goals, it's like lines on a page, but there's margin. Always leave room for margin. We gotta leave room for the Holy Spirit. So, for example, if, um, God forbid, I get sick and, and spend four weeks in bed, um, obviously I need to be flexible. So I, I tell people, your goals are not to be religious 
uh, you're not, are not to create, create legalism in your life. Your goals should actually bring freedom to you because you've already decided in advance. When you begin to feel ruled or controlled or stressed about your goals, that's when you've shifted to becoming legalistic about your goals, okay? Goals, setting goals are supposed to bring freedom. Why? Because, beautiful thing, I set a goal that I would write on my book on Sundays and Wednesdays. On Thursday night, I was like, ooh, I started this book and I felt the sense of urgency I need to be writing my book. But guess what? My goal gave me freedom to say, nope, that's a Sunday, Wednesday thing. So there was freedom in that as well in saying, this is what I've decided to do, but in that, this is what I've decided I'm not gonna do. So your goals should actually free you up because they bring a sense of order of things that you have decided and predetermined to do. And, and so they free you from being navigated off the path, being controlled by your emotions, controlled by, by fear, because controlled by anything, and so there should be a freeing feeling in your goals. So, for example, um, you know, Liz, and, Liz is my assistant, and so I will say, here are the things I need to accomplish next week, and by writing them down, my weekend is mentally free from all that I have to do next week because I don't have to think about them because I've already captured them on, my, on paper and I am free for my weekend to not think about all the things I have to do Monday through Friday. Doesn't that sound lovely? Mm -hmm. So the minute you start to feel controlled or pressured, so when I see my clients feeling overwhelmed, I will say, no, 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 that's not the purpose of a goal. So we need to back up. Either we've set not God goals, we've set too many goals, or you've put unrealistic expectations. But if you're feeling pressured by your goal, that's not the intention. Our goals are to free us, okay? That's not in my notes, that was all for free. Okay, the E is exciting. Your goals should inspire you and motivate you. You should feel passionate about them. Why? Because they're connected to my why. I know why I'm doing them. And again, that goes back a lot of times if our, if our goals are not exciting, it's because they're not connected to who I am. And if we're not feeling excited about our goals, that's when I might come, and we do this a lot, with our residents, when they're not hitting their monthly goals, I'll say, okay, let's go back to when you first came in, you communicated with us. This is your two-year aspiration. Okay, so because of that, these are the goals that we set. But I don't see you being excited or passionate about accomplishing these goals. So either you've lost vision of what you want to become and what the end goal is here, or, or that has changed, which can change. Sometimes as we're beginning to navigate our goals, Especially when, when we're dealing with people who aren't necessarily walking in the Lord, they're not really sure this is where I'm going. Sometimes God is navigating us as we're moving forward, right? But we can be sure that the final outcome is always going to be connected to our purpose. But they should be, there should be a sense of excitement. So if I have a client who's like, I just can't, I just don't feel, uh, I can't seem to, I'm like, okay, well, let's either wipe that goal out, but let's back up and explore what's stealing the excitement. Have you lost track of why we're doing what we're doing? Because it's the why behind what we're doing that excites us, right? I, do you think I'm excited about sitting down every night and the nitty gritty and then sitting there staring at this page and going, that's not what I wanted to say. That doesn't excite me. But looking at the covers that have already been printed and that are framed on my wall, that excites me. So I have to remember that's the goal. And there were moments when I was writing that book that I felt just like this. And I pressed through that to get to that, and that's my goal, and so I'm gonna keep writing. 
then I get excited. I'm not excited about this. I'm excited about that. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, so the last one is my favorite, for those of you who know me, the last R is risky. So we, this is where we make room for Holy Spirit, and this is where I will, I will define risky different than, than John Maxwell or Michael Hyatt or any of those people, because the risky is where we are willing to set goals that are slightly outside of the natural, stretching our box just a little bit and making room for the supernatural. So I'm gonna set goals. If I say I know this is what I can accomplish, I might say, do you think you can do one more? It's like being with a trainer. My trainer used to be like, okay, we're gonna do 10 reps of this, and inevitably I would get to 10, he would say one more. Oh, it would make me so mad. <laughs> but he's like, <laughs> But I do that as a life coach, I really do. When somebody says, I, you know, I really think I can exercise 20 minutes a day, three, three days a week, I'll say, okay, can you do four days? Because I hear you saying you can do four, so three, so let's, let's make room, let's, let's expect the Holy Spirit to meet you with what you can do and finish you up with what you can't do. So let's do four, okay? So while we want to set achievable goals, we want them to be slightly risky. We want them to be slightly risky. Um, I do like that Michael Hyatt um, uses the, the uh, comfort zone versus discomfort zone versus the delusional zone. Okay, so we don't want to set goals in the delusional goal in the zone. We do want to have delusional dreams, I will say that. Um, but we don't want to set delusional goals, okay? But we do want to set discomfort goals. They're slightly uncomfortable. They're going to slightly, and, and again, I mean, Liz, there's been a ton of time that I've had when you're like, oh, I'm not super comfortable. I'm like, that's okay. This is going to stretch you, but this is who you're becoming, and so you've got to take that step somewhere. And so I'll, I'll set some goals that are slightly uncomfortable. Slightly uncomfortable. Is that making sense to you guys? So that's where we have to expect that God is always growing us. And so when we're setting our goals, we say, this is what, where I'm at, this is what I want to accomplish, and this is what I can do. Plus the Holy Spirit, I can go one step further. Okay? So we want to invite the Holy Spirit in in our goal setting so that they're slightly risky and they make room for the supernatural. I tell people all the time, you've got to come to the end of the natural if you want to experience the super. You're not going to experience the supernatural in the natural. Does that make sense? And, and that was actually a good assignment that my life coach had me do one time was at night I had to make a list of all of my goal accomplishments and I had a hard time not thinking tasks. And I was like, oh, I live a task-driven day. <laughs> and so it's kind of shifting from where I'm, I'm driven by tasks to I'm driven by intentional goals that I've set. And that doesn't mean we don't have tasks that we have to accomplish, but if that's all we're, if, if our life is all about the daily tasks that we have to do, where's the intentional long-term this is connected to my purpose, as opposed to this is me just surviving life and what, what needs to be done? Maybe you know, like the very first blessing was to stand upon the earth and to subdue it, to have dominion, okay? So he's talking about our life here on earth we are the head and not the tail, above always and never beneath. That's what it says in Deuteronomy. Okay, so this is part of what we're talking about. That's why I said all of this is very spiritual. So, you know, the, 
a lot of the world has taken this and been like, here's how we accomplish business. And we do all this with business. When I'm working with people, we take a look at this week in our, in our staff, we, we did the business funnel where we're like, how do we want to funnel? What's, what's at the top of the funnel? What's at the bottom of the funnel? Ultimately, what's our goal and how, what's our plan to move people to the bottom of the goal? And obviously, spiritually and ministerial, the bottom of the goal for us is getting everybody healed, saved, and delivered. But looking at it from a business angle, the bottom of the funnel is I want monthly supporters to sustain this mission, right? So we look at it on a ministerial level, but we also look at it as a business level as well. So that's kind of what we're doing right now is we're kind of pulling things in and saying what's at the bottom of the funnel. The bottom of the funnel is that bullseye. And out here is, is our habit goals that start funneling us down to bring us to that final accomplishment. I think one of the big, and we have discovered this in dealing with our residents or people who have been in poverty, finances are an emotional issue. It's not about money. Uh, food is an emotional issue. It's not about, so when we're dealing with somebody who has an eating disorder, I have a client right now who has an eating disorder, and she sees a nutritionist every week, and finally she was like, this isn't about me learning. I know, I probably know about better than anybody how to put a really good diet together. It's not about not knowing how to put a diet together or being held accountable to my diet. It's about something going on in my heart. And so she's completely shifted to spiritual counseling and spiritual life coaching to attack what are those things that are keeping you from, I mean, it's a, it's a spirit of death, of course, um, that will keep you from eating. All right, so that brings us to limiting beliefs. Um, so these are beliefs that hold you back, core beliefs. Okay, so these are core beliefs. So I just kind of put there, and, and, and this is a huge, 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 huge part of coaching and counseling and moving forward in our identity. Um, and so unfortunately, this whole section, or this whole thing is not about this. Um, but I have to at least touch on, and we've seen it kind of already in the room, limiting beliefs, the way our core beliefs, core lies, will keep us from accomplishing our goals, will keep us from our purpose, will keep us from our vision. So I just kind of put in here the difference between worldview, people view, self view, and God view, and how we look at ourselves. And I want you to continue to think about in every situation, what does the world tell me about who I am? What does the world tell me about my vision? What do people tell me? What am I telling myself? And then what does God say? And so what, what, those are good ways to uh, say, <laughs> I like to tell people there's four point of views in everything. That you, <laughs> there's, the, there's the world view, there's the view that people have, there's your own view, and then there's God's view. And it's learning, about, learning to have God's perspective. So you, you understand your core belief will predetermine how you perceive something, which will then become your point of view informs your pattern of living or your paradigm, your personality, who you are, okay? So that is, that is the pattern. So if we want to change the pattern of who we are, our paradigm, the way we're living our life, we have to go all the way back and look at our core beliefs. Mm -hmm. What do I believe? Do I believe I'm worthy? Do I have fear? Do I feel that God is, you know, that his perfect love isn't bigger than the fears of God? Do I think, and, and I'm just using the three people that threw out your tolerances, do I think midlife is greater than the days that have already been ordained for me? How does that fit into that, right? So it's about comparing my thought process with God's thought process and then saying, how is my thought process keeping me from who I am created to be, okay? So that's a really fast nugget. 
Um, but I've got some questions here. Identify in one statement what emotion or thought would keep you from moving forward towards your particular goal. So we've all heard this when people say, you know, sometimes people will say, well, I felt blah, 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 blah in that moment. And I'll say, well, were your feelings true? Okay, I didn't say were they a fact. I didn't say were you feeling them. Were your feelings true? Was your emotion true? Is it true? And then I will say, how can you know that it was true? How can you be absolutely sure that it's true? And so, and I might expose and say, are you sure it's true or is it potent, possibly that's what you perceived because you struggle with rejection? Okay? I felt like, you know, when I walked in, I felt like everybody was judging me. Well, is that true? Well, I mean, it feels true. Well, how can you be sure that you know it's true? Can you be absolutely sure it's true? Or is it possible that it's, you're perceiving that filtered through a core belief that you're inadequate, that you're less than? Do you see what I'm saying? And so I'm going to start exposing core beliefs that are keeping them from the confidence and boldness that we have to have. Because remember, our goals are driven by the confidence that this is who I am. This is who I'm becoming. That one-year narrative. This is my, that's what caused Jacob to wrestle with the angel of God. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Because I'm confident that God said, that land is mine. And so he wrestled, but the core belief was, I am God's child, and if God says it, I believe it. So that's the core. So we've got to, we've got to expose those limiting beliefs. How does it compare with what God says about you? Do you experience this thought or emotion anywhere in your physical body? In your physical body. So by recognizing, by recognizing that a lot of our thoughts and feelings, we actually feel them physically. Okay, when we feel stressed, a lot of times we get a headache. We feel tension in our neck. Uh, if when we get angry, some of us clench our fists, we clench our jaws. When we, when we learn to recognize physically, what, it helps us identify, ooh, that's a manifestation of unworthiness. So now when she starts to feel like that, she's going to go, ooh, I know what's happening here. This is the core lie. And I showed her how to immediately take authority over that and not agree with that. Is this making sense to you? So we're delivering ourselves, breaking agreements, which is what deliverance is, getting set free from beliefs or thoughts that keep us from coming into our, the fullness of our God design, okay? Finally, I want you to look at the DOS, which is dangers, opportunities, or strengths. Okay, so this is shifting a little bit in another direction. It's just another tool that you can use. A lot of times when somebody's going down a path of something, accomplishment task that they want to accomplish, I will say, let's talk about the dangers, which is usually our emotions, thoughts, um, the opportunities that you see in this moment and the strengths that you have that make it possible. So you get a chance to really face some of those dangers. Uh, really, your dangers are what you're afraid of. What is the danger in going down that? And so a lot of times I will say, well, I want to go in this and I'll say, what do you see as the danger keeping you from moving forward? What I'm asking them for is what is your fear here, right? What, so I'm asking them, what is your fear? What, what do you see as the danger? Well, my, my, my mom and dad might make fun of me. 
that's a viable, you know, that could really happen. Okay, so let's hand, so then we'll, we'll go down that path of handling what does that look like? What do you wanna do with that danger? What do you wanna do with that fear? Um, but again, a lot of it is just identifying. Some of these are all just different ways to kind of come to the same place, okay? Some work for some. I don't use all of these on every one of my clients. I use the ones the Holy Spirit tells me, tells me to use. I have about 15 other different tools, and some of them the Holy Spirit makes up in a moment to just use to help a person get set free so they can become who they're created to be, okay? And then your strengths. And I attached here your strengths worksheet. If you do not appreciate your strengths, if you do not know what your strengths are, and if you do not are not at a place where you know you can boast in your strengths, remember Paul says, and in my strength I will boast all the more. Because in, in your, my greatest weakness, the Holy Spirit has perfected me and has given me strengths, and therefore I will boast all the more gladly. So we need to celebrate our strengths Understand what our strengths are. And the other thing is, is remember your strengths are going to be connected to who you are. They, they reveal things about your purpose, about what you're called to do. Okay, so that's your greatest strengths. Now we're coming to an end and I want to leave time for questions. But let me, let me tell you some other fun tools. There is a book called Strength Finders 2.0. If you have not done it, it's a great book that will help you identify your strengths. There is, um, a lot of people are doing the Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, which helps identify your personality. Uh, there's also the DISC, D-I-S-C, the DISC personality, if you have not done it. Uh, there's the uh, Myers-Briggs personality test. If you have never done a personality test, if you have never done a strengths test, I highly recommend you do that, okay? That's not to excuse you from operating in other strengths, but it's so you can become, you can discover you. You can discover who you are and, and what makes you tick. Does that make sense to you? I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to click subscribe so you can catch each episode every month. I want you to walk in your fullness. For more information about other services and resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. You can also find me on YouTube by searching Lisa Schwartz LLC. I look forward to connecting with you. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you.